and then I was thinking like football because uh, I used to, uh, I bought a red shirt which was Manchester United shirt, right? We were now. That's what we were Manchester. talking yeah. about because that's my team, Manchester United. Yeah, and then yeah. when I went to school, everyone was saying, "Oh, you sport Man United," because my English wasn't that good. I was just saying yes. No, oh yes, yes. No. yes. You, didn't know what they you didn't even yeah. know about Man United, no. no. So then I took the then I watched Man United. Then it was Ronaldo's number, you know. So oh wow! I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna start playing football." <laughs> Hello again, and welcome to Marriott Side Trips, a new podcast show where I share the stories of the people I meet along the way during my travels. I'm also an author and travelling usually inspires my writing. However, as we haven't been able to travel in the same way of late, I've been forced to stay at home and become a better Londoner. So for the earlier episodes, I've been chatting to those traders and artists who have been keeping local London ticking over during the last year or so. My latest guest, Two Fan Bars, was a chance encounter. I'd met him when I popped by his phone shop in West London, and as soon as we started chatting, I knew I had to get him on the show. I discovered he was originally from Afghanistan and had reinvented his life by becoming a football apprentice, that's soccer for American friends listening, at a Premier League football club. But our subsequent conversation, as we recorded, completely took me by surprise. I had no idea of Tufan's refugee journey of two years from Afghanistan to England. Tufan's story is one of survival and never giving up. Tufan, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. You? Yeah, very good, thanks, and I'm glad to be... Um in your uh, shop today, Elite you're Phone welcome, Store, in uh, Putney High Street. So you're, you're two from Baz, and yeah. um, we got talking because I was a customer and uh, I bought a screen cover for my um, for my iPhone. Yeah. And um, you're obviously a friendly chat. We had a chat, and you told me to me a little bit about your background um, at the West Brom in the football academy there, and um, then I discovered you're originally from um, Afghanistan. Yes. So, right. um, uh, gosh. Uh, a lot, where do I start? Well, I guess the first thing is, how long have you had the the, um, the store for? Basically, uh, I just opened the store about, you know, the first lockdown, about, about uh, I would say about seven months. Okay. Seven months ago, yeah. It's a new business. It's, a, it's my first business and it's a new one, yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's still nice and clean and shiny yeah, and obviously you. it's a phone repairs, laptop repairs, yes. Phone, laptop, uh, and uh, vape, smoking, luggage, all the, the, those sort of so, stuff. Yeah. Well, everything you need really for uh, for travel in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and obviously it's one of the shops which has been allowed to stay open because I guess phones and things um, are, are essential and people need to well, repair them or... Yeah, well, we wasn't supposed to be open, but we just at the moment we're doing, as, as the second lockdown began, we were just uh, basically click, click and, and collect, collect, that's it. Yeah. And, because until now, no customers are allowed to no. come in. We just serve them from outside. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, unfortunately, there's no customers in here today. <laughs> so, mm, but, no. but yes, it's, yeah. uh, we've been to passing trade though on a Saturday. It's a, it's, it's a nice sunny day in Putney and there's, there's people around. Yeah, because obviously we, we are we, we are the few phone shops that are open because first, we're not getting funded by government because our store is new and that. But we claimed already, but we're waiting for the process to see what's going to happen. Okay. And then that's why we open because we still have rent to pay. Yes. Like half of the rent, so yeah, it's that's what we have challenging. to do. Challenging, but well, amazing the, the fact that you actually had the courage to open up a shop during a lock a lockdown. What what gave you the idea, and, and, and had you worked in retail before? Uh, well, yeah, I used to like I used to work for uh, this other guy back in. I used to work in Windsor. Okay. And then yeah, because from working. Uh, I, when I thought uh, I thought as a long way like uh, I couldn't like uh, obviously from working I, I was thinking that it's not gonna get me anywhere so yeah the best thing was to just uh, save my money invest and then 
open up my own business and see what happens. Yeah, that's what I did. And then I was working construction and then working for people, this and that, saved my money. Then after that, my uncles are here as well. So we just uh, was looking for shop and then we, it's a family business. So we invested and this, uh, we just opened the shop now. Yeah. yeah. And how's it been going so far? Because we all, uh, first, we when we opened this, like we, from the start of the lockdown, it's been lockdown. We don't know what's the normal uh, market's like. No. So yeah, we're still waiting to, once the lockdown is over, then we can see yeah. if it's good or not. Yeah. Okay. And so you said um, you, you set up as a family business with, with your uncles. But what's, what's your um, specific role? Sort of everything? And <laughs> in, 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 in my in shop. shop. Yeah, yeah. it's basically, I, I, run, I run it basically. That's it. My uncle has his other business, but he just uh, like helped me financially because I, I, I didn't have that much money no. to open my own business. So that's why we're doing it like a shared business. So yeah. Okay. And, uh, and do you live in this part of London? Because as I said, we're on Putney High Street. For yeah, sure. I live in basically from here. I just live, I live in Hammersmith, which is like 10 minutes away from here. Okay. In a bus. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so for pe people who don't know, um, who aren't from London or um, the UK, so Putney is southwest London by, but down by the Thames. And obviously you live in, yeah, across the water then um, um, in mm -hmm. West London. So yeah, yeah not, not far. And, and have you been in that part of London for a long time? Uh, or were you in Windsor before? Yeah, yeah. Or? I have, uh, no, I have... Uh, I used to live in Birmingham back in like for five, four, five years. Yeah. And then moved to London. I, in London, I've been like, it's been six, nearly six years now I live in okay. London now. Yeah, West in Hammersmith. Okay. Same area for six okay. years now. Yeah. And I should say, um, that obviously, you're originally from Afghanistan. And um, how old were you when you, when you came um, to the UK? Yeah, I think uh, I was nine years old when I left my country. I came with my dad through all the countries like because we didn't have no passport or anything any documents to travel on the airplane or stuff wow so we crossed like each country from afghanistan we just uh, i remember from afghanistan it was easy we just got a passport something we traveled in the airplane to thingy to uh, iran then from iran it was all uh, like cross country like from iran then we came to turkey from turkey to uh Greece, from Greece to Italy, from Italy to France, from France to England, which was two years journey. When that two years in that time, we had to like, for example, like when we was Turkey from Turkey, I remember there was it was it was a night time. It was around like twelve one o'clock. It was at the we were in Istanbul near the river, right, where the where the smugglers put people on the boat and wow. send them to Greece, and it's freezing and the weather was storming as well. <laughs> And there was like, basically there was like, uh, there was like 20 of us and there, there was a small boat as well. So we all jumped in the boat and then the smuggler said, you get ready, we're going. And the weather is storming as well. So we, we're going towards Greece and mm -hmm. you can see the lights, you know, when you're in the, in the middle of the ocean and you can see okay, the lights out the there. the distant lights. Yeah, this is, uh, and we're not reaching there and we're saying, oh my God, God when are we going to reach? And as you, and you can see the waves, you're taking you high. And oh then you're like, oh my God, we're going to drown, we're going to drown, we're going to die, this and that. But, and then we're nearly there, we were in the middle of the ocean and then our boat suddenly turns off. And then the smugglers, like, uh, we, everyone's panicking, like saying, what's going on, what's going on? So the and boat the, turns over, sorry. Turn, no, the boat turns off because the fuel runs out. Oh, I see, yeah. the, but the engine stops. Yeah, the engine stops and then we're going backwards, we're going backwards and everyone's The tide was panicking. taking you back, yeah. was it? Yeah, it's taking back. 
and then the smuggler said calm down i have a few so you put like there's a kind of bonnet and under the thingy boat. Yeah. he opens he feels the he uh, boat the, yeah. the engine the and he, he goes fast towards the thingy we go of uh, greece and then from two other sides as you can see the police are coming with their <laughs> oh blue lights God. and then this guy the boat's quite fast so and 20 people are inside he gets us because i was small and i couldn't swim on that he just hits the rock in the dry land yeah he turns around he tells us to jump everyone jumps and run and we jumped off running he turned the, he turned the boat right around down. and they just went back towards turkey because if he gets caught and that he's gone yeah. for life or something like that because yeah and then yeah. we get into the jungle we start running and we're hiding yeah we get to the greece we get greece yeah my gosh and so so you're nine years old and you well you must have been scared in, in that, mm. that for that period of just moving and trying yeah trying yeah to i've get seen to what i've witnessed in my age yeah i've experienced and that is crazy you know it's not easy to come from like uh afghanistan to like england like and the whole journey no was two years no documents nothing you're scared of, basically your life's in danger as well from 100 percent it's like 80 percent in danger and then you got 20 percent of surviving that's it my gosh and so how long did it take to get from greece to the uk so uh, then when we got to greece uh, greece we got a ticket uh, to uh, we came to the authorities Athens. took you in then didn't no, they? no 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 we came by ourselves because yeah my dad just bought a ship ticket we got in, uh, from uh, Greece, we came to the capital city, which is Athens, I think, right? Athens, yeah. Yeah, we came to Athens. From Athens, then again, the smugglers put us in a truck, in from the truck, then we came to Italy. From Italy, yeah. we just have to buy another ticket, train ticket, we come to Paris. From Paris, then you talk to another smuggler there. Which so there's all the, these connections of smugglers on the way who knew how to get you without documents? On, without on, documents, yeah. without documents, literally nothing, yeah. And then from... Uh, from France, you get a smuggler there. I was, I, the France was, France was the hardest part. Basically, we tried to uh, smuggle inside the trucks and that. The police catch us, send us prison, and then back to the uh, jungle and that because we had nowhere else to stay. I was in the jungle for one year, basically. Not only me, but all the uh, like, in uh, Greece. yeah, all the refugees and immigrants were wow. there. Like wow. the uh, spend the the nights and that in jungle yeah there's no hotel or nothing yeah just just living off, off tents off, and yeah, yeah what you can get hold of yeah that's it yeah and then i was in greece about eight nine months okay because it was hard to pass from there yeah and then from there uh luckily it was uh you and christmas dad, time yeah, yeah me and my dad yeah it was christmas time yeah and then the smuggler was like because we, we've been there for a long time, right? He, they knew us. Nine months is a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Put me and my father and some other uh, guys. There was a. It was Christmas time. It, I don't know when it was. When is Christmas time again? June, July, or so what? So here, twenty fifth December. Yeah, December times. It so was it's cold then, obviously. Yeah. It was freezing yeah. cold, and then the smugglers find a truck. It was full of Christmas tree. Okay. And Christmas gift and that stuff. So it was tree. <laughs> So, he so you're hidden in the back with um, um, a Christmas decorations. Inside, inside the tree, we hidden uh, under. So there's about there's about fifteen of us. Okay, fifteen my gosh. of us here, and we're hidden. It's like three o'clock at night as well. The smuggler put us in the truck. It's three o'clock, and he said, "Don't make any sounds. This is your last chance. Try your best. That's it. Hopefully, you will go to England." So we all hidden there, everything, and then. It's like uh, five, six o'clock. The driver starts the mm -hmm. engine, and we're going towards because there's two ways. One is a tunnel channel, right, where they're yes. coming uh, yep. thingy, yeah, train. And there's another way as well. They're coming. I don't know. Um, would it be by ferry? You know, or ferry, the, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So 
Yeah, ferry. So this truck driver goes to uh, thingy, the uh, Tana Channel way yeah, on okay. the train. On so the, on the, yeah. We're on a motorway. We're thinking, oh, this driver's going somewhere else. We're knocking the thingy <laughs> and the driver's not hearing nothing. Because you're in the tunnel, yeah. Yeah, he's not hearing. We thought he's, go he's going in the wrong way. That's why we're knocking oh. out to get out of the car. Yeah. So, but no. And then all of a sudden, we just made a hole on the car, on the truck. We could see, oh, he's going on the train. And we told everyone to be quiet and hear this up. And then first security point check. Check, they couldn't see nothing. Second one, it was the English checker. Uh, it was the security. Oh, I can remember this clearly. They saw us everything. They said, yeah, nothing clear. Close the door. Let us all go. Did they really? Seriously, yeah. They didn't do nothing. Yeah, that they, was, they that saw was, us. That was so that crazy. That was the authorities yeah. at the, the Channel Tunnel. Yeah, it was one security. Yeah, sec lady security. Check. Oh, wow. you, you could see us. Literally, you could see us. And, but he let us go. And then we were, uh, and then half, 40 minutes later, we were, we arrived in, I don't know, near this Dover or something, somewhere there, we were there. And then from there, we got, we got off the truck. Once we got off the truck, the driver was, what? The driver was surprised that, what the hell is he going didn't on know here? you were there. Yeah, no, we didn't I know see. it was going. Everyone's jumping. I was the last person to jump. I jumped right at his shoulder. Oh. We start running away. Start, so the driver phoned the police. Yeah. He catch every single one of us. The police, the police officer, yeah, catch every every one of us, and then that's it. He sent us uh, to. He got us registered. We was in a we was in a family. Me and my father was in a family. So uh, they accepted as a refugee. Um, no, nah, they they didn't respect. Uh, I mean, they didn't accept us for a long time. We was okay. here five five years without any documents. And really. That. After five years, given case all this stuff, it was hard, and then they accepted uh, my dad. After my dad, then they accepted me. Wow! So how many? You were nine years old. How many years ago was that? Oh, this is um, uh, this is like ten years ago. Ten years. Ten ago. years ago, roughly wow. ten years ago. Wow! Yeah. Gosh. Okay, the there's so much crazy. to absorb and take in there, and I'd love to chat about more about that experience and how it was. But what we were talking about when I when I came into the store was, you know, you you told me that um, your passion was football, and um, you. You became an apprentice um, at West Bromwich Albion, and that's yeah. my dad's team. And so we we were talking about yeah. and, and you know, a little bit about West Brom because of him, and he's from Birmingham originally. Right. So let's just jump forward a bit. You played football in Afga Afghanistan before as no, a kid. No, I I didn't play football there. I was small. I didn't even know nothing about football. But I used to watch football there, but I didn't play okay, there. Okay, because everybody here thinks of the kites because of the the, the, the yeah, famous yeah, the, kite, yeah. the kite runner and the, 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 the kites in Afghanistan. But yeah, you, they do so how what kind of football when you got, got in, when you went to school and you or fr so, you met friends yeah. in the street? When I went football, when I went oh, first when when I went to school. And then, because first I lived in London, yeah. the government moved us to, after two years in London, the government moved us to Birmingham. Okay. So once I moved to Birmingham, I was in year four or five, I think, primary school. Yeah. And then I was thinking, like football, because uh, I used to, uh, I bought a red shirt, which was Manchester United shirt, right? Ronaldo that's what we match, were talking yeah. about, because that's my team, Manchester United. Yeah, and then yeah. when I went to school, everyone was saying, oh, you sport Man United, because my English wasn't that good. I was just saying, yes, no, Oh, yes, yes. No. yes. You, didn't what talking. you didn't even yes. know about Man United, no. no? So then I took the, then I watched Man United, then it was Ronaldo's number, you know? So oh, wow. I said, yeah, I'm going to start playing football. <laughs> when I started football in uh, primary school, all this, I was very, I was very talented. Not only just football, I was talented in all kinds of sports. Just I had natural at sport, medal, yeah. certificates, all of that. It's yeah. all, it's, I still have it, it's all at home. And then after a few years, uh, I used to play for Saturday league team. Okay. From the Saturday district team, something like that. Because like they're kind of like 11 year old or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we was like, uh, yeah, and I was in year six. 
I okay. was in year six. Yeah, last so year, 11, yeah. yeah. 11, 12, yeah. Yeah, it was that age. And then it was a final. Uh, it was a Saturday league final. And okay. then we, we won the final. Then after that, I had scouts come talking to me. One they would have seen West, you play. Yeah, they seen me. From, yeah, yeah. On the last game, there was scouts watching us, basically. Okay. And they would pick their best players and that. So they picked us. I had uh, I had scouts from Wolves, West Brom, Aston Villa, Coventry. All this West Midland team wanted yes. me, basically. Yeah. I had all of them. Wow. And then, because I didn't know, because, uh, uh, yeah, I did because uh, uh, when I went to the school, I knew this uh, uh, dinner lady. She was English and uh, her husband as well. So he, she got me introduced to him, everything. So Wolves wanted me. Wolves, in that time, Wolves were in Premier League. Yes. And then West Brom was in championship. Okay. So I don't know nothing about West Brom. I knew Wolverhampton was a big team. Yeah. So uh, on that time, a Wolverhampton uh, scout wanted me to sign for them. They wanted me for two weeks trial. I went for trials. After a few days, they wanted to sign me. Wow. I'm there. I'm about to sign the contracts. I'm getting a phone call from my teacher saying, "Listen, we have another. Uh, we have a, a team from West Brom. It's close to your house." It's a good academy, everything. Don't sign the contract. <laughs> so I left that contract. I went to uh, West Brom. West Brom said, oh, the so, that, that was the, so that was the, the school dinner lady and you knew her and, and, and because of her husband. And husband so you already, yeah. you, had in your, you already knew a bit about West Brom. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And he was, I knew that West Brom was close to... Uh, so this was like, West Brom Albion for people who don't follow football. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was close to my house. And then the scout wanted me to sign straight away after the first day. I signed for them. That's where the journey started. I didn't have no position or anything. I mm -hmm. played for West Brom about four or five years. Okay. Trained hard, everything, pre-season, everything done. I used to get contracts every two years. You get a contract or they release you under. I see. But, yeah, but I they, was, kept, they kept They kept me, yeah. They kept me. I was under, yeah, under, under 16. Okay. I was still playing there. I was probably the first Afghan that played for academy in England. Well, basically. I've never heard of any Afghanistan professional footballers yeah. um, in the UK anyway, in, yeah, in the I, Premier League. Or, yeah, wow. Yeah, so that I was probably the first one. And because I, 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 I got signed for West Brom, on the study side, I didn't much concentrate at the studying that much. No. I didn't care about studying. I just had one goal and I knew I was going there and I, I, yeah. I was going to reach it as well because I had the potential as well. I, I, Basically, it was under 16 and it was pre-season and we were trying to get ready for the new season. And then uh, all I can remember, we were in training. Yeah. We done all the fitness tests, fitness tests and the, it was horrible. It's so hard working. It gets you ready for the new season. And it was night, basically pre-season. Yeah. Tuesday training, I think Tuesday or Thursday evening yeah. training. About 6 o'clock we used to train and we finished around 8 o'clock, 2 hours training. Yeah. So I'm training. All I remember, because I played as a centre-back, all I remember, the ball coming in the air, and I'm going for it. And I'm going, and this other guy's going against me. That's it. I woke up in hospital. No way. So, you, so you're centre-back defender. Head-to-head -head clash. Head-to-head clash. Yeah, so and then the next thing you know, you're in hospital. That's it. Woke up in hospital. My, my dad's going next to me. All I can, I open my eyes. My dad's there, and I can see my dad's, like, upset. He's crying. I'm like, Dad, you okay? Bang. I went back to sleep again. Okay, right. Yeah, I was in coma basically. I went to coma for two weeks. Woke no up fine. My head was so bad, the, the doctors even told my dad that your son could uh, like lose his memory. He's got a 50-50 chance. But luckily, I woke up fine, recognized my dad's there, everything. And then when I went back, uh, the doctors banned me for two years. So no contact sport or anything. No, you couldn't when risk used, it heading the ball or any, 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 any. No, yeah. I couldn't even participate in sports basically. At all. 
basically when I used to run, I could just see my head going some next okay. thing. I was thinking about some different stuff and that. So, I, what, so I left football. I left everything for one year. Then I went back after straight one year back to get my shape because yeah. I used to play for academy. The academy let me go, uh, let me have my time. It's fine because they understand I had an inj- head injury. And then after that, I missed the two years of football. When I went back, the the guys in my age group was one one level advanced. above me. Yeah, yeah, more advanced. And then I find it harder a bit, a little bit. And then when it came to the end of year, they just when they, they when they used to renew a contract and that. They didn't offer me any scholarship no. or anything. Gosh, that was devastating. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. How fortunate. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's coming. Uh, I guess as an asylum seeker, uh, it, um, you know, a migrant, and that your journey, and then, I guess, yeah, that was, yeah. I don't know what to say, but I guess yeah. it's uh, that was heartbreaking. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I had even that time. I had like option because I had option again from Coventry. They said we can send you that. There is no trials or anything. They will sign mm-hmm. you straight away. I said, you know what. Because imagine playing for like uh, A level, then you go all the way down. Mm-hmm. You don't want to like play for them no, when it's I, like that. Yeah. Because I just wanted to make it through there. Yeah. Like I didn't have, and then I was going through like uh, this depression, and that once I got that release, and then like I was kind of scared of training, and uh, I, and then I didn't. After I getting released, and then I was like, forget it might not be for me, man. Yeah, and interesting. Then, yeah, then they sent me to Warsaw and that. Then when I went there, I I done a trial there as well, and then I didn't perform well there as well. And then they, cause cause when I used to go for a trial, I used to get signed like that. Yeah. No, that's anything. Then imagine you're getting released from West Bromwich Albion and you're going to Warsaw, and then they want you for a trial and you go to do your trial and you're thinking as well. When I had that, and you're thinking what's going on. How am I doing on that? And you and see the men, there was a lot of sort of mental stuff going yeah, on, going probably on. affecting your game as well. That's it. That that did affect my game when I, I didn't play that. I didn't uh, perform that good for the Warsaw trials. And yeah. Then I said, and then they didn't even offer me anything. And then I said, yeah, forget it. Wow. That's Maybe a, it's time to move. Yeah. Gosh. And yeah. so, and how do you feel about it, about it now? Are you are you over it, or is it still painful? Is yeah. it to think about um, that that period of your life. And I mean, and, obviously, and everything happened for a reason, you know. I'm I'm happy that I, my heart I'm healthy all this. Yes. I can be grateful. All I can be is grateful. That's it. But maybe that that was what's written in my desti- destiny. Yeah. Uh yeah. I mean now as you could see my friends like me I I even showed you one of my friends like Jan Danda, Tyler Roberts. All I, I'm sure most of them made it, but it's just me like now. Yeah, I'm happy like now I got my uh, I started my own business. I'm doing okay. I still play football. Yeah. You play still now? Yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Even though if I go centre back still, no, no, I no. play, I play attacking. Yeah. Attack, okay. So I'm good at any like because I I play centre back for academy because that was my strongest position yeah. where I can play. I'm good in different positions as well, but I wouldn't get in like in a striker for West Brom and that. No, all team sports have been cancelled. You know, but they're, they're they're starting again. So you're looking forward to playing football again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro. I, I I play with the basically there's those of Afghans we play on Saturday and Sunday we train as well together. Nice. It's a community we play together. Yeah. Wow. And so uh, what part of London is that that you play? Uh, Perryville, I think. Perryville Park. You know, Perryville Park. Okay. We play there. We play out. We train in Alperton. All this stuff. Yeah. Okay. To keep fit and play. Yeah, yeah. Because when people think of football in London at amateur level, they think of Hackney Marshes and and, and there. have you played at Hackney Marshes? Do you no, know no, no, no. Okay, no. I love your positive attitude because you, you know you you've, you've obviously moved forward and um, look look to see what you can do. 
I suppose what you can't you can't do. And so, how how many years was it between um, the, the end of the you know your potential football career and, and 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 having this business? Did you do a lot of jobs in between? Yeah. So it's like I went to college. Uh, you know, I don't know what which called Hammersmith and Ealing, okay. West London yeah. College, something like that. I went there. I spoke to the. I was doing sports there, and one of the teachers there told me sports coach told me that oh, we can try to get you trials for this team and this team for not, uh, like basically a waste of my time. So I used to play there. They could see that I was good and that, but nothing happened no. there. Like no trials, nothing. I bet you I were studying at the same time though. Studying at the same time, yeah, yeah. as well. But then after that, because I wasted like six, seven years in playing football, my dad was in Birmingham because of me. He wanted okay. me to become yes. a footballer because of me he couldn't work properly there as well. We said, listen, we we just ended there. We go we go to London, we see what happens there. Okay. We moved to London and then after college that the teacher lied to me as well that he's gonna give me trials, this and that. That didn't happen. Right. I went straight to I said I'm gonna work, I'm gonna save my money, I'm gonna start start my own business and see what happens. That's it. And you that's have, you started this business and, that's yeah, what and, and, and it opened during a lockdown. So I mean that is that is a story of of resilience and um, do you, what do you think of Putney? Is it a, the kind of do you like the pe- the people who come to the store? I yeah, guess generally, I guess they're generally from Putney. They yeah, Putney is yeah, Putney is nice area. It's a nice area. Yeah, it's a good area. Yeah, I'm not complaining about anything. Yeah, it's a good area. Okay. And do you, um, do you have a uh, a favourite part of London that, that that you is it just Hammersmith where you where you live or to do you be have honest, an area? the area I live in is amazing you know okay there's no crime nothing like Hammersmith one of the nicest places as well but people are nice yeah neighbours everything clean that's what kind of areas you like Putney is nice it's similar to Putney basically yes. but it's more nicer yeah. Mm-hmm. And your dad is he involved with this business, or does he did he, did he get a job um, in 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 Hammersmith area or in London? Uh, my dad, yeah, my dad's a security. Okay. He does security, yeah, but he's on holiday now, back home. Okay. Because nice. my family is uh, most of my family is there, like my mom, my back siblings in Afghanistan, are back in there, yeah. yeah. Even though we now have British as well, but yeah, they okay. prefer it there, so yeah, he's he's there with them, with my okay. mom and family there. Wow. Yeah. And when was the last time you were in Afghanistan? Uh, have you been back? Yeah, I've been after ten years. I went there about six years ago. Wow, once. that must have been emotional to see you uh, yeah, with your, go, your yeah. family again. Yeah, because yeah, this life is nothing, you know. Where you, uh, and this uh, important thing is about this life is your mom and dad. That's it. I love your attitude. It's so it's it's really just positive. But what what do you think gives you that sort of get up and go and positive attitude? Is it? Do you think that's just you as a person? Or your your family, or is it something about being from Afghanistan? Do you think? No, it's not that. It's basically or just with the fact that you could, you know, as a nine-year-old, you went on this incredible journey. Of I guess if you can get through that, you can get through anything. That's what I mean. Yeah, if you experience what I experience in my age, them kind of stuff, then you, uh, then you know, any you can you can handle any uh, any sort of stuff. You know. Okay. It's it's not like oh. You're spoiled, you're raised up, and that is different, you know what I'm saying? What I experience, I can handle anything, you know? But I believe whatever is written in your destiny, that will happen. Mm-hmm. If, it, if that happens, you can't do nothing about it. You just have to keep going. Never yes. give up. Keep, even football, as I'm saying now, I'm only like, uh, I'm only 22, right? Yeah, you're a young guy, you've got your yeah. own business. <laughs> Maybe when my business is doing well and that, one day when I go back to my country, I'm sure, as I said, football is my talent, right? 
If I go, if I don't play for ten years, I go there one week. I get my old skills back. That's it. It will be only a matter of fitness. That's it. So I, 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 I still haven't given up football. Maybe I could try it in my country or somewhere else. I'll probably make it. You know, that's my dream. I love. See what I mean, obviously, Afghanistan's gone through a terrible period in recent history. But are there professional sport leagues or football leagues in Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah, there they are. have their own uh, AP, APL, I think. Yeah, the APL. Okay, APL, that's a, a football team. Yeah, they have uh, about twelve to eight teams that they will play each other like two, three times, and they this comp for the cup. Yeah, whoever okay. who's got the most points, the same as okay. whoever's got the most points, they wins. Yeah, each area has their team. Each, each city and that. Okay, so oh, actually, I should say for any American listeners, we're talking, we're, we're talking football, we're talking soccer, not not uh, not, not American football, obviously, and no, obviously no, being yeah, being yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. England. So that is a, that is perhaps a distant dream to one day then return to Afghanistan and and, and play football professionally. Yeah, play uh, like I mean, play for the national team, play for wow. Afghanistan national team. Yeah, that's. I'm sure if I if if I go there, like obviously now I can't go there because of the business and that. Yeah. Money. Even though if I play there, the 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 money that they will give me will not be enough. It's, it's no. better to work yeah, here. You know? yes. But <laughs> once I'm once I'm a little bit of rich, I can go there and do a trial for the team and then see what, what what's going on. And do um does Afghanistan the national side? Do they even get involved with the qualifiers for the World Cup? And yeah, things? yeah, they, they have, do. They have Asian. They qualify. They, they go with the Asian, yeah, the Asian yeah, yeah, qualifiers. Wow. Yeah. But I don't think Afghanistan has ever beat qualified for um, a major well, tournament, not have yet, they? Not, not yet. yet. Not, not yet. yet. Well, until you return. Yeah. Or maybe you'll manage them. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, obviously you've got management um, skills running this business as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm the one running it. Yeah. So, so where would you see yourself in ten years' time if you could, if you could, you could say, okay, I want to be doing this. In, in 10 years time yeah. what would you say in 10 years time i just i want to see myself like hopefully having a few shops few business as long as i have few shops few businesses that's it then i can do what i love like football i can i can go do trials for teams and that mm -hmm. see if i can make it to my dream you know that's my dream okay yeah do you have any time outside of um playing football running this business watching football and you're, you're a man united fan like me obviously so yeah. i guess you, you you've been following them on you know during the lockdown and things so yeah yeah do you, do you have any time for anything else outside of that or is that i tell you that to be, honest, still in the to be honest in, as you know in london or in general in england you don't get you don't get much time like here <laughs> Not really. obviously it's been five six months i've been doing seven days a week yeah this because, is open every yeah, day, because yeah because it's new i have to be in mm -hmm. here Afterward, because obviously you don't. I don't want to stay at home. Even though I want to take one day off to go football and that, because of the lockdown, I can't. I can't be doing that because everywhere is banned and it's closed. So yeah, after that, yeah, I would like one days I would take off. Like for example, go play football and then in the evening go do my trainings as well. Just stay fit and healthy. Okay, well that's that sounds that sounds good, a good a good model for life. I think yes, uh, yeah. stay fit and healthy. And I think you know we're all aware of being healthy and fit during you know during a pandemic and things so yeah so that's uh, well i think it's it is such an amazing story and i'm so glad i, I came into the shop Thank um you. And, and we chatted and you um you sorted my phone out for me i guess what's what would i say what's the biggest learning you've had from having this shop well the biggest uh, learning i had you know basically when i was working for someone you work so much you work hard you give everything, you yeah. give your 100% everything, and then they're not satisfied for what, what you do, what you've done. Mm -hmm. I was working, basically, I used to do construction, I was working okay. for a guy, and then 
he wasn't he wasn't satisfied for what what we was doing. We was giving everything. Yeah. We was working our socks off, and when I mean when I say our socks, we was working really hard. He didn't appreciate it. When he didn't appreciate it, I was then I said working is not for me. No matter yeah. where I work and that, it won't be enough. Yeah. I need to start saving, and then I can invest into a business and do something. That's where it all began. So yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you're you're certainly an individual. I, I said guess. I will never work for someone. I will work for myself. Yeah. Even though if I earn one pound or two pound, that's <laughs> enough. But still, I'm working for myself. Yeah. No one's telling me to do something or do this or do that. I'm. Do, I wanna work myself. That's it. I'm okay. my own boss. That's it. And how that's has it. it been running this shop, dealing with suppliers? And obviously, it's been obviously so no, not many people around with lockdowns and things. Yeah. It's, it's been. Has it been uh, quick to learn the business, or did it take a while uh, to yeah, get used to everything? Basically, when I just got the shop, uh, I had uh, I was struggling to fix phones, and I didn't know nothing about mobile you, phones. You taught obviously. yourself to fix them, yeah. yeah. But YouTube was my teacher, just <laughs> watching YouTube and learning. Well, I can learn everything from YouTube. That's it, and then I, I learned how to repair phones now. It's been like, I learned in like first month, I learned wow. it. Now I can repair, I can do repairing everything myself. And then, yeah, we invested a lot of money, but it's because of the lockdown. We have to be patient. Once the lockdown's over, hopefully then we can, then we can see if the, if it's any good or if we're making yeah. profit or anything, yeah. Wow, so um, just, well, just to sum up then, um, we're on Putney High Street, but how, just maybe tell um, the listeners how they can find the shop uh, where, where it is exactly uh, and do you have a website or uh, are you on social media at all for the shop yeah i'm on facebook and uh we don't have website at the moment because our shop is new but we mm-hmm. will have soon is my shop is at 116 partner high street opposite the natworth bank okay uh, it's a red shop obviously everyone can i think it's if they can see elite phone store that's my shop. yes yeah, uh, yeah. Elite, elite phone store yes but just to remind everybody if they happen to be um in Putney, they should pop in and yeah. uh, buy a phone cover or if they need the phone fixed or um, need something for the for the laptop you're you're the guy to, to help them out That's like it, you did yeah. for me yeah yeah no worries yeah. brilliant to, to fan thank, thank you so much for being on the show and um it's been a pleasure thank you you're welcome no problem thanks so much for listening and a heartfelt thanks to two fan for sharing his incredible journey with us to learn more about two fan and things mentioned in this episode check out the show notes on my website mariussidetrips.com that's M-A-R-R-I-O-T-T-S-Sidetrips.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or of course, your favourite podcast service. Also, if you'd like to travel better, sign up to my newsletter through my website, and you'll receive a free ebook, Essential Checklist for the Modern Day Traveller. To come, I'll be sharing the story of a Turkish artist's 365 days of lockdown art a Peruvian brother and sister team serving up their street food in Waterloo, flower powered by bicycle and Rocco's mobile flower store, and of course other side trips. And wherever you are in the world, I hope you're enjoying the sun. Amazingly, the sun has been shining for several weeks here in London. See you next Thursday.